On this feast of Jesus' baptism, I am reminded of what my friend Mark said a few years ago about this iconic scene from Matthew's gospel. Quote, and it's a long quote. Jesus gets pushed under the surface. You can only hear yourself under there, underwater, your own heart beating, and all the noise from the shore, the opinions, the dogmas, the criticisms, and empty chatter all get drowned out. It's just him for a second or two, and then pulled out, he takes a deep breath of fresh air, a start to a newer life. We are told that he then hears a voice, not from the shore, but from heaven. This is the one voice that matters, and it tells him, you are mine, I love you, you make me happy. Jesus then goes into a wilderness where all the empty voices come back at him, tempting and torturing his mind, trying to simmer him down out of the dignity he discovered by the water, end quote. The voices of which Mark speaks here, voices of isolation, of celebrity, of power, of shame, of convenience. These voices all stop under the water in baptism. There, under water, Jesus, we are left with just the sound of our heartbeat. It is possible that when Jesus finally hears, you are my child, I love you, I delight in you. God has been saying that all along. But the other voices are so loud, so prominent, so pushy, that Jesus is unable to hear that until he is under the surface of the Jordan. Contrary to the popular imagination, baptism is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Nor is it a wet shield that inoculates us from a difficult life. Instead, baptism plunges us into the depths of human complexity, of human suffering, of human joy. It brings us into proximity with everyone from migrant workers at our border to people escaping dangerous wildfires across Australia. Which is one theory of why Jesus was baptized. Now, if one reduces baptism to being a Christian ritual that ensures eternal fire insurance, then it makes no sense why Jesus would be baptized. He is, the church teaches, without sin and is thus not in need of eternal fire insurance. 
But if one celebrates baptism as a sacrament of solidarity, a sharing in the whole depth and breadth of human experience, then Jesus is baptized to identify with us, having himself plunged, sprinkled, or poured upon like people have over the last two millennia and like 14 people did this morning at our 1030 service. It is argued in some circles that baptism is outdated. A sort of secondary thing that Christians have overemphasized. It's exclusive, I've heard. It's a secret handshake, I've heard. It's a work. And Christians believe in grace. I've heard all sorts of things about baptism. And when I hear things like that, I imagine that scene in Matthew. That split second before Jesus comes up for air. And I remember the split second before I came up for air on November 1st, 1998, when my brother and I were baptized. I was eight, he was six. And I hold that moment with great tenderness and a death grip at the same time. Because in that quiet, near silent moment, it was just me and God. Just me and God. And all I could hear at the age of eight was, you are my child. I love you. I delight in you. And then we come up for that gasp of air. I was Baptist, so we did full immersion. Came up for the gasp of air. And I hear the applause of family and friends and I hold and hold and hold on to that moment, even now, 21 years later, when the voices of cable news talking heads and commercial advertisers and billboards and phone bots and email bots and text bots compete for my attention. And the one voice remains the voice Jesus heard, the voice each of us hears when we give ourselves enough time and space just under the surface of the Jordan. Amen.